Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, Midnight Snackers. Thank you so much for listening to my show these past few months. I am so truly grateful for your support. And for a little holiday treat, I just wanted to re-release a few of my favorite episodes to celebrate all the fun we managed to have in this godforsaken shitfire hellhole of a year and just to look forward to what's to come. So guys, from the bottom of my heart, love you so much. Have a happy, happy holiday and have a wonderful new year. Forever. Hi, everybody. It's your friend Michelle Collins. It's a new episode of Midnight Snack. Um, Our guests this week rhyme uh, because we have um, someone who I just adore so much. uh, One of the queer eye boys. He has the show Next in Fashion on Netflix and a book called Naturally Tan, Tan France. And I genuinely adore him. He's going to be coming up a little bit later. But for now, we do a little weekly recap with uh, Rhymes with Tan. Dan, my friend Dan Acton. Dan, who I saw yesterday in Brooklyn. I had a car for the weekend and I drove to Brooklyn. Um, The only way I was really going to get there was driving. And we had a wonderful time. Hi, Dan. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. 24 hours. 
24 hours have been good. I was thinking that, you know, I was saying to you how the title of the podcast, Midnight Snack, it's cute, but it's like not me, but I'm going along with it. And then I thought, you know, what's a funny title for a podcast? What's that about? <laughs> I was like, should we, maybe I should have brought this up to Alex and Tracy off air, but I was like, yeah, what's that about? It also sounds funny with an Australian accent. Yeah, what's that about? But we, um, we had a great time. I had one of the most delicious drinks with you yesterday that I think I've had in 2020. Yeah. That was, that was so, I'm glad we met up yesterday. It was so much fun. Uh, we had, I, we went to I, a place called James and I had a, yeah. um, a plum margarita. It was delicious, but I had two of them and I was fucked up straight up. Well, I think, I think they made them extra large because they're, they were giving them in like plastic to go cups. Right. Yeah. So I think that's like more than you would usually get. Right. It felt like a lot. Felt it like felt like a, a small movie soda. Full of tequila. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And we had two of them and we were sitting on the sidewalk. Obviously, we had to have our masks down because we were also eating cauliflower or whatever. And I don't know if well, it's... You ha- you, what? Because you had to buy some kind of food. <laughs> so that's what... Like, obviously, we're eating cauliflower, you know. We just got uh, a, a raw... We were just gnawing on raw cauliflower margaritas. And it was really delicious. <laughs> it was like a salty... It was really good. Truly buttery. Yeah, yeah. Turmeric-y. Turmeric-y. Um, I don't know if it's because I haven't had human, like true stranger human interaction, meaning with people I don't know, or perhaps the tequila did kick in. And I will tell you that I'm seeing it on my face. Like, listener, if you compare last week's video to this week's, I, I feel it. I see it. And that's all there is to it. But wait, every single person who walked by, I would talk to. I mean, I was truly out of my mind. I was thinking. That's true. Is it not true? I was just chatting yeah. everybody up yesterday. Remember the British couple with their cute little boy? There's so many cute fucking dogs. Oh, yeah. Oh, really I was just like foaming at the mouth, excited to be like, you know, out and about. Yeah, that was a good corner. It was like a good corner for people watching. I'll come back today. What time is it? I will uh, literally buy a car and I'm, I'm going to buy a Mercedes <laughs> on 59th and 10th and come back to you. Um, so that was a fun little a little day yesterday. And then I did sober up. We went to a used bookstore. I bought like a huge, I, I literally judged a book by its cover. I bought a huge book of Nabokov short stories, but it really went with my decor. And then I I forget what uh, I bought. What's the name Now I bought some <laughs> other shit. I don't remember. I feel like this weekend was really strange for me because uh, let me, you know, people love to hear about me shopping for cars. So Dan, if you'll indulge me, I do want to, Tell people what yeah. happened because, you know, this is um, the other name for the podcast that I would suggest is it's always something. It's always <laughs> something. I never get away with it. It's always it really is. it's never. And it's not because I I actually have low standards. I would say almost dare I say too low. Oh, so that gets you into trouble. Because you're always hopeful, like you have, uh, you're optimistic about every situation. <laughs> I like to think that I am an optimist, yes. but that. I also think that because of my comedic nature, the universe gives me things that they know that I'll need for material. Like, I feel like if yeah. I wasn't funny, then nothing bad would happen to me. Right. But because I'm funny, the universe <laughs> goes, no, no, let's fuck her over here because it's going to make for a great story. So I found, I discovered this incredible rental hack. And this is actually, I almost wasn't going to talk about it because it was such a good hack, yeah. but it did backfire on me. So um, I want to buy a car. Dan knows this already. And Avis, the rental car company, which also owns budget. If you were to rent a, rent a car in New York, let's say for the weekend per day, you'd be paying minimum two, 300 bucks per day because right. everyone's scrambling to get out of the city and the competition is high. I accidentally discovered New Yorkers. Listen up. 
that if you go on the Avis website to the buy a car, not the rent, to the buy, you can test drive a car and they literally, this was the good part about it is that I didn't have to go to the airport for it. They bring it to your local Avis. You can have it and there's one on the Upper West Side very close to where I live. So I thought this is perfect. They bring it to your local Avis. You pick it up. You have two hours of a free drive. It's like free zip car. You can go go to Costco, do whatever you want. <laughs> and then it give, they give you the rock bottom rental rate for three days. So they charged me $75 per day wow. for the rental. Wow. So I show up. I'm feeling good. You know me. Looking good. Feeling good. Get out of the car. This was on um, Friday. It was such a gloomy day on Friday. It was shitty out. I go in. The woman is so nice at Avis. Great. She goes, here's your packet. Thank you. I go outside. I'm waiting for the car. They drive up. Now, it's a GMC train. They drive up a car with Florida license plates covered in bird shit. I mean, it was covered in garbage. <laughs> it was so filthy, dirty. Normally, you get a rental or you go somewhere. It's nice. They, they Especially with COVID, they sanitize it. They make it nice. It looked like after in Ferris Bueller when, you know what I'm saying, when they fell <laughs> yeah, out of the window, like it just was fucked up. And I go, they want me to give $21,000 for the, I'm just asking, <laughs> like you want, you want 21 grand for this, but I was nice. And the guys working yeah. there could not have been sweeter. Right. So this guy working, I'm going to give him a shout out because he was really a darling. His name is Solomon, which was my grandfather's name. So we bonded a cute guy, sweet as sugar. I said, Solomon, uh, I can't, uh, I can't drive this. I gotta look at it. And he goes, no, you're absolutely right. He goes, they didn't, they didn't clean it. I'll take care of it. So he wiped it down, but it's still, I mean, you saw the car yesterday. Yeah, it was, it was okay, but it was crusty. Yeah. It didn't look like brand new. No, it had food in the, the crack between the, yes, between the seat and the console full of crumbs. It just looked shitty. I was like, what is this? And and then it drove them the word. Okay. So wait, then I get in the car and he kind of wiped it down and you know, I become friends with everyone. You know, I love to chat people up. I get in the car now and I'm like driving away and it's the steering wheel is so tight on it, Dan, that with one hand to try to turn, make a left or a right. I was using all my hand. My, I actually have a pain right between my thumb, like right in this part of my thumb and my index finger is killing me today because of how difficult it was to turn this car. Oh my God. So then wait, I actually I just, just see your like triceps bulging when we're did you, wait, look, they actually look as skinny. My arms look for real though. Let's talk about like, it. I mean, yeah. So wait, so now I'm in the car. I'm going to long Island. I forget why Friday I had to go to long. I, I always come up with some shit. So I was like going to long Island. Fine. I'm crossing the city. I'm in the car. And only when I get almost to the bridge on 59th Street, I look down. The car has a quarter tank of gas in it. Now, you know that they're supposed to give you the car with a full tank because otherwise, what are you going to charge me? I mean, I was seething. So I called. So wait, then they called to be like, hey, we're just following up on this test drive. How do you like it? I went, I said, I said, well, uh, let's see. There's no washer fluid. So I'm getting dinging. There's the engine light is on. There's no gas in it. It's filthy, dirty. Thank God for Solomon. And they were like, they were very nice. They were like, yeah, they go. Sometimes they don't clean the car. That's what they said. I was like, well, maybe you should work on that if you want people to like plunk down you know, a half year salary for this shit, but okay. Which you had no intention of doing because you were just taking it for the weekend. No, no, no. I actually was. No, I oh, really? was. I was actually test driving it. No, that's why I don't. I don't know. Oh, no, no. That's why I was actually really trying it out because I wanted to buy it. Got but the it, second I started okay. driving, I'm, going, I'm not giving him $2,000 for this car. I could barely yeah, turn it. Sunday, when I came to you, we got in the car. Right. The famous dirty Avis rent to buy car. 
And I get ding, ding, ding. And I was like, oh, that's going to be about the washer fluid because, you know, it's coming. The washer. One of my tires was going flat. I'm going, this cannot (laughs) be happening in this cursed, wretched vehicle. And luckily we went and we had a guy fill the tire. I mean, it was actually perfect. Yeah, it was like right down the street. Yeah. We were on like Atlantic where there's all the tire fill. Like they actually say like fix a flat. Like there's a thousand places. We were in tire town. We were in tire town, USA. And I got it filled. Remember there was like the hot guy standing outside and I was like, do you work here? He was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I like my head ostrich necked out the window. I was like, he was like, no, that guy doesn't point it at a guy who was covered in like grease. I was like, oh, not you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like in the passenger seat and your neck just like crosses in front of me. I went <laughs> full like, sandworm. Me, I went full Beetlejuice sandworm and just. <laughs> and then um, when I left, I was like, thanks again. <laughs> I was like, you're awesome. Thank you. I was just so excited to be in Brooklyn with all these hotties. Um, anyway, so it was fun. I had a nice time this weekend. Yeah, my hand is killing me. And now I'm just kind of. I'm like in this mode now where I know we have some news to get to before we welcome Tan France here, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I'm feeling like where, where do we go from here? This isn't where we intended to be. Those are Avita lyrics. Uh-huh. Where do we go from here? Are we getting this? Did I press <laughs> record? Thank God for that. This isn't where we intended to be. You know that song? We had uh, it all. You don't know it? You believed in me. I I believed in you. (sighs) (laughs) Well, um, you want to get to a little bit of newsy news news? Dan, do you have any other updates for us? Um, Yeah, this weekend. I mean, that was definitely the highlight of my weekend. Uh, I watched the uh, Harold Ashman. (gasps) Yes. Let's talk about it. Yeah, because when I was going to say when you when you first picked me up, I opened the apartment door and blasting <laughs> is suddenly Seymour. Yeah. And you you have the window rolled down. You're just like, get in. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, this is actually, I was depressed before that. I was like, all right, let's do a little shop. No, <laughs> it's so it funny. I forgot that that's how I picked you up. I was in such a good mood. It was like, ah, <laughs> uh, the opening chords to suddenly Seymour that dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. It's like sad and so sweet. And I really think it's the most pure song. I cannot think of a song that is more heartfelt, a little bit bittersweet. Yeah. And just, I don't know. It's very special, that song. The words, the, the melody. Alan Menken wrote the music for Little Shop. Um, that uh, Howard Ashman documentary, which is just called Howard, is yeah. so wonderful. It's on Disney+. Plus. Um, if you get a chance to see it. I, I'll tell you this. I've always said that Howard Ashman, because of Little Shop and Beauty and the Beast mainly, is just the level of brilliance that this man possessed. To even think of the lyrics, even when you hear the song, Grow For Me, I've given you sunshine, I've given you dirt. Like the rhymes (laughs) in that song are so, almost like a modern day Jay-Z in a way, because the level of, it's like freestyle rap actually, of the level of clever rhymes and double meanings and... There's something. Did something get into an accident outside? Uh, I just heard tires screech. Yeah, there's tired screeching. It's me. <laughs> I'm I in the car. <laughs> Suddenly, Seymour. <laughs> <laughs> like, Mitch. Yeah, get in. We're going driving. Um, 
But anyway, oh, I just got a text. How dare she? Anyway, so listen. So, uh, I, but it was such a great, it was such a great documentary. And I yeah. knew that he was gay, obviously. And I did know that he died from AIDS. Yeah. But uh, I, I knew nothing. I didn't know he was Jewish, for example. I, there were just things I did not know about him. Yeah, and I didn't know about his relationships like earlier in his life. Like I kind of remembered from Beauty and the Beast, like the Oscars, like his partner accepting uh, something for him. But um, it was it was great. It made me very I don't know if sad's the word, but it really made me emotional. Like uh, you kind of forget about you don't forget about it. But the whole period of the seventies, eighties, nineties, where like AIDS was such a yeah, it's overlooked. I think and, I think it's been. I do think that it has been forgotten about weirdly. And I think that the younger, I mean, look, the two of us were kids during the AIDS crisis. You know, I was 81. I mean, we're all around the same age and really we had family friends who lost like uncles, brothers from it. Um, But it didn't affect my family directly. I will say, though, that uh, when you think about the millions that died from it and the ignorance that surrounded it, from the administration, you know, you look at Trump now and you're like this motherfucker and you look at what's happening with Corona. I mean, they obliterated the gay community and because they were gay, they didn't aim to find a cure. It was never on top of anyone's mind or anything like that. And I actually think that the gay community today, and I don't, I, I actually will let you speak to that because I don't want to enrage anybody or no, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't want to speak out of turn. (laughs) So Dan, if you don't mind enraging our listeners, but no, it's, it's, we talk about it, but I don't think they knew. I don't think that the young gay generation today understands the gravity. Am I wrong to say it? Well, just because they didn't live through it. And there are people older than me that it hit much harder because like I was, you know, a teenager when it was happening. Yeah. Mostly like when really most people were dying from it. So I don't even, it doesn't even hit me as hard, but that's what this documentary took me back to. It's like, wow, what a huge loss of like, a generation of people that's right like him like creatives and and especially in new york and like these big cities creative people a generation of people that was just wiped out i, I mean know. thank was, god that today we don't face that you know what i mean and we have like preventative measures for it and everything else and yeah. it's not you know thank seriously thank god for that but it um to lose him i mean so many amazing minds and people but God, it's just that with that to think of what could have been if he right. didn't die so young from it and the yeah. other musicals we would have gotten. I also that found it really interesting because I'm not like a huge Little Mermaid fan, but I found it. It's cute. I, it's I just interesting. I, I love Little Mermaid. I think it's better than Beauty and the Beast. I know. Yeah, I just never connected with that. I don't know. I yeah. Beauty and the Beast I listen to constantly. I love it. But he was saying how he fought for the song. Look at this place. Isn't it neat? Like. No, 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 no. My collection's complete. I just want to sing so much. And <laughs> what is the song? Part of this world? Part of your world? Something? Yeah, part of your world, right? And that the Disney people didn't want to put it in. And he had to fight yeah. and say, you need this song. And in my opinion, it's probably my favorite song from The Little Mermaid. It's a great documentary. Honestly, I would watch it with... If I had kids, I would make them watch it. Because yeah. it's just... um there are just so many. And also, by the way, good on Disney. Last thing I'll say is yeah. I always kind of associate Disney with being, I don't know, like maybe not necessarily. I guess they are very gay friendly. So I'm stupid because they have gay days and there's like, I know, crazy obsessed gay fans or meaning. They gay haven't people. always been like right. when he was there. It was he had to keep things a secret. Right? That's what I mean. So yeah. I'm very um, I'm I'm really proud of Disney that they made this documentary. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that they were 
very open with his relationships and his homosexuality was like a really big part of the story. So it just really was a nice, it was a great documentary. Yeah. I think it's great for like young people to see, like even as like an artist or like a kid that you're feeling like, Oh, I might be a creative person or something like it was, it was a great story. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought it up. Yeah. Um, Tracy, uh, before we go, because we, I, Tan France is coming. Tan and I have so much to get to. Normally, we would, Dan. You know, I'd keep you here for, I mean, hours on end. Um, but I will say this. Uh, well, I do want to read this, Tracy. Can I just read this? I know that she's going to have me killed. Okay, this I have to read this, Dan, because nothing has yeah, ever appealed to me so much. Do I have a right to be upset that my husband set up a Taco Bell booth in his home office? Married <laughs> for a year. Mar- by the way. If they divorce, <laughs> if, I'm just putting this out there. If they divorce and this man doesn't come find me like Richard Gere and Julia Roberts, except he's holding a Crunchwrap out of a limo sunroof <laughs> and I rappel down on a churro. Like I'm just picturing how this would look. Um, married for a year. Husband has always had a soft spot for Taco Bell that I don't understand. Already, this is not my kind yeah, of a person. What get it? Yeah. What's not to get? That's, yeah. It's. I'm with you legitimately to me i've never tried heroin but i don't need to because biting into a crunch wrap and getting the corner where they put the cheese i actually genuinely cannot talk about it because it makes me too hungry it's a drug i think it's pretty garbage even for a fast food chain long story short one day i come home and there's a bunch of 90s taco bell memorabilia in the garage i'm like turned on (laughs) apparently one of the local restaurants was getting a remodel and i guess he bribed the manager to let him grab a booth and some other things way i hope this is true like i really need photographic (laughs) evidence yeah now we have separate bank accounts so he did this all with his own money he set it up in his office which he didn't think was a big deal because it's his space and i hardly go in there let me stop to say great so far i'm like (laughs) why is what's the question here he's doing everything right he's doing everything right okay wait she goes on uh, he set it all up and asked me how I felt about it. I told him my honest feelings. I thought it was ugly and tacky and glorified a less than mediocre fast food chain. Not to mention it goes against <laughs> the entire motif of the rest of our living space. You don't say. You don't say. The motif. Which is like what? Jack in the box? Or like yeah. what's the rest of the <laughs> Arby's. You're like, you knew I put the horsey sauce sign in a few years ago. Why do you have to come in? No uh, sense. It's got to be, I'm just guessing by her tone that she's like a real, that this woman who's writing this is really into home goods, inspirational artwork. She loves text on a wall. It's just my energy from it. Okay, wait. Uh, I'm still absolutely stunned and shocked that anyone, much less my husband, would think it's a good (laughs) idea to set up a Taco Bell booth in her house. I think it's so funny. It's first. Can I say that I misunderstood this? I thought he set up a mini. I thought he set up like a booth that you would find at like a conference or um like a trade show booth. I was thinking it would be like a oh. like where he'd give food to people and people were. I didn't know that she literally just meant he bought a booth. I think it's sort of funny as shit. I I'm fine <laughs> with it. It's in his office. Why should it bother you? It's probably sort of comfortable to work at, right? I kind of think it's really funny. I would imagine it's orange oh. or purple and yellow. Like, what are the Taco Bell colors? Yeah, like, purple and yeah, orange, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. They're kind of cool, actually. They're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Suffice it to say, he's upset. I feel like I have a point because it's our house. I live here, too. But he claims it's his money and he can do what he wants with it. Am I crazy or do I have a right to be upset? Read the rest of their answers. Okay, wait, I'll click on it and see it's on Reddit. Oh, here it is. Oh, by the way, they're 24 and 25. Well, that's they're not going to last. They're over. Yeah. And if they have like a big enough house where 
there's a room that he can totally set up that she just has no idea what's in there. That's what I'm saying. Like people have man caves. I feel like most men would like live to have a Taco Bell booth in their man cave. It's so, first of all, I think it's really funny. Like I, I just find it yeah. humorous. Um, I'm just going to read a couple of comments and then we'll welcome Tan. Um, someone said a lady, you need to live Moss. That's the top comment. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> good. Um, it says, imagine being this annoyed at the little bit of happiness your husband has. One, Taco Bell is delicious. Two, it's his office. Three, hey, try being supportive of the man you love instead of beating him down. I'm I'm so far. By the way, I don't know why I'm not married because I'm like actually so easygoing secretly, which we know is all a lie. But I'm so easygoing. No, but don't you think like like this shit would make me laugh? I'd be like, that's funny. Right. Maybe it wouldn't though. Maybe I say that in real talk. Like maybe I would be pissed. Everybody like people are like, you just want to hear what you want to hear. But someone said, you're being a dream crusher. Tell your husband I will gladly hang out with him in his taco office if you won't. I think it's... I would be, I would be embarrassed if I was the husband and somebody said that that was my dream. <laughs> like, dream crusher? Like, I could do more, but... But I will say that it takes a lot of um, gumption to uh-huh. go to the Taco Bell and offer them money for the booth. I mean, that, and they had to hire a truck for that. They're heavy. Like, you can't just, you know, throw right. it in the back of your, you know versa like you need to have professionals move that shit in i'm just saying all right listen they they have to like uh screw it into the floor too right maybe i would think that just for the the crud on it would be billy crud up would kind of kill me a little bit yeah take Mm -hmm. it through a car wash first yeah. yeah That's a great point. Dan, I do feel like we sort of shortchanged you this week because okay. <laughs> we, I will say this, that our guest this week is someone who I just adore so much. And I wanted to have the most amount of time with him because he's, uh, you would just adore him. So Dan, but yeah. you know, I love you. Follow Dan at Dan underscore Acton. Um, one of the, you're the funniest person I know. So there you go. And, oh, um, yeah, thanks for thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, we'll see you next week. And uh, guys, All let's right. welcome to the podcast star of Queer Eye, star of Next in Fashion, Tan France. Oh, I have to do a deep sigh to introduce my next guest because he fully relaxes me in a way that I'm sure he would be uncomfortable with if I really got into detail about it. But just his vibe, his humor, his look, his talent... And I'm so thrilled that I waited until after Emmy nominations came out to have him on the podcast because your stock just went up so, so much as an Emmy nominee. Thanks. I, you know, I thought it was doing all right. And then, yeah, it just goes up each time, which is a nice feeling. It's a great feeling. I should say your name because everyone is like, what is that adorable voice that I just heard? He- no, we should continue on the whole thing and see if we can guess. Let's do it. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give misleading clues. I'm going to be like, you know him from all the Coen Brothers movies. You've yeah. seen him. He was on- once The Bachelor. <laughs> um, and he didn't do very well in it at all. He didn't want any of the women, weirdly enough. He hated all the women. And he was a former host of Wheel of Fortune in Dubai. Yeah. Only in Dubai, though. That was a weird one that you got hired for yeah. that. No, but really, though, the most <laughs> handsome, comedic, uh, lovely. I really adore you. Genuinely. Um, he's an author. He has a book out called Naturally Tan. Hilarious title and host of Next in Fashion, which is your show with Alexa Chong. We're going to talk all about it. Fashion designer, Queer Eye, of course, one of the beloved Queer Eye boys, Tan France. Hello, my love. How are you? I really do wish we had gone along and not said who it was. I, th- I think that would have been way 
funnier but we can do your way and just do like a regular american thing and tell me who, tell them we who could pretend to be exes too like we could have attention we can d- edit out the first part that. wouldn't that oh, be fun that's exactly what your mother would have said that's right like that kind of thing yeah well that's really what led to our downfall wasn't it my mom yes the problem with my mother is she gets involved too soon and too fast so i've I learned remember. remember that yeah i do remember that remember what your sister said think- to me at my bat mitzvah? Why do you think that she's the reason why we ended up separating? I always hated your mother. By the way, you would actually facepalm me into a ditch and love my mother so much. If you met my mother. <laughs> She's amazing. <laughs> um, wait, so Tani, first of all, tell everybody, because I, I want you to know, for those people listening, you have such a monochromatic thing happening with your hair and your wall. Tell everyone where you are right now. I'm in my home in Salt Lake and I chose Salt Lake City, Utah, and I chose to have my house blend in with whatever transition my hair was going through at the time. Yeah. And so it is currently gray. We will be all white. It will be a completely like white Kim and Kanye style house in about two years. Uh, Uh, I love Salt Lake very, very much. Uh, I've been here for like 12 years and it's just Lovely. And I know you're probably sat there, Michelle, with your judgy eyes like you used to when we were together and uh, and thinking, (laughs) why did he choose that place of all places? But it's gorge. I I would think it is it is a twist, I will say, because my I've never been to Utah before, but my knowledge of it is that it would not necessarily be the most welcoming place for a foreign gay man of color. Like, it just doesn't feel like that would work. And I understand why you would think that. However, I have never felt more welcome in a place than I do here in Utah. I think, here's here's my reasoning why. Uh, Have you ever been to England? Come on. Three times a year. You know that I have, please. Okay, good. Um, Have you ever seen uh, South Asians like Pakistanis Indians in England? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay, great. They're usually not treated the best way, Mm. in my opinion. Uh, They're usually... Well... uh, I remember this very distinctly as a kid. Uh, you don't. You were always told you can date a South Asian person, but you can't marry a South Asian person. Your parents will be terrified. Um, and so when I came to Utah, the second, apparently the second whitest place in America, yeah. second whitest state in America, I think that they were just so shocked by the fact that I was a different color and I spoke in a way that they thought only white British pe- people speak. Mm. I think that I just confused a lot of people, but they were also enticed by it and therefore they don't they didn't cause me any issues they were just I think enamored by it and so I've never had an issue never ever ever had an issue in Utah not once has somebody said something offensive to me whether it be uh because I'm brown or gay or well maybe also famous but I imagine you were there before you were oh, known. Yeah. yeah the fame thing only has been around for literally two years and a couple of months like before that I was just regular all the time but why did you want to go there because it was it just something about the Great Salt Flats? Were you attracted to the <laughs> nature? Because it's supposed to be a very beautiful state, just the geography of it. Yeah, I I really do believe this. I'm not just saying it because I live here. I think it is the most beautiful state in the country I've been to. I think it's 41. And I think it's the most diverse um, landscape that you'll come across in America. It really is beautiful. But it wasn't because of that. I just, I'm going to say it as it is. Dudes were hot. The dudes were real hot. Oh, they're, like, they're so manly there, aren't they? They're like oh, very... They're just... 
they're so special. So I came out here for the first time about 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, within the first day, I saw just hot dude after hot dude after hot dude. And the women are disproportionately attractive also. Mm-hmm. Anyone that's been here does notice the same thing. The, the people are exceptionally attractive. I will say that we have um, more cosmetic surgery done in Utah than anywhere else. What? Other than Kuwait, Utah has more cosmetic surgery. You're, you're actually blowing my mind right now. As someone who lived in LA and felt like Mrs. Potato Head in comparison with the <laughs> like uh, Area 51 alien faces that walk around <laughs> Beverly Hills, you know, uh. I would have pictured Utah being like granola. Um, I know it's religious, obviously, but sort of blonde, yeah. blue-eyed, like mm, kinder Aryan, I would say, yeah. Yeah. vibe. I am shocked that people there get plastic surgery. Weren't they going to do a Housewives of they Salt Lake City? Doing- or they're doing one, right? I must admit, I'm really upset about it. Why? And I can say to Andy, too, I'm like not excited about it. Just because, okay, I don't watch the Housewives shows. I don't know if you're a fan of the Housewives shows. Of course I am. But- um, I'm an idiot, I, Tan. I, I love all that garbage. You know that. <laughs> they just they find like some really mean people. I'm not a mean person. Like I can say mean shit. Of course I can. Come on. But I really like positive stuff. Like I, I really don't like people tearing people down. And uh, and so these guys on the show, they just do that. That's that like their main talent. That's not true. Show. That's not true. I'll defend the housewives. <gasps> I think. Oh, hold on. on. Uh, okay, I will say this. It'll be interesting to see how Utah plays out because I find that on a lot of the other seasons, people's drinking becomes a major storyline, especially yeah. here in New York. It's it's really almost watching women devolve uh, yeah. in real time. So I will have to assume that the Utah women may not be as into drinking. I don't know the culture. I believe I believe there's only one Mormon on there. I think oh, wow. else is one Mormon, so I think they might actually drink. It's, it'll be interesting. I'm curious to see because I know a lot of celebrities go to Utah as their vacation place. Yeah. And especially yeah. in Corona, you're like an OG Utahan, right? Yeah. And you're recently an American too, which we'll talk about. But um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what the culture is like there and if it's just as vapid. Like you telling me about plastic surgery is actually a reveal. I would have thought it was... I was actually excited to see Wrinkled Housewives. I thought, oh, finally we're going to get... Oh, no. They're going to be so hot. Like, I'm positive they're going to be so hot. I I think that there is a major common misconception with Utah that they, they're a little bit backwards. They uh, a little more a little more granola. Yeah. I think Salt Lake, or Salt Lake in particular, is a pocket of weirdness in Utah where they are way more cosmopolitan than you would expect from Utah. Anyway, back to uh, back to Housewives. I, I will say I've only watched like possibly five episodes in my entire life. I'm and it's usually in a hotel room whenever I'm on uh, a tour. And, uh, and I was surprised. Okay, here's one thing about um, the housewives. So uh, I know Gigi quite well, uh, Hadid quite well. Yes, and we figured. Uh, <laughs> I was like, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I met her mom and I truly had no idea that she came from a TV show, that she was on a TV show. Because she's just the nicest lady in the world. Yeah. Then we were watching, they were watching Queer Eye, her and uh, Bella in, in Gigi's house. And I said, hi, me and Gigi, we're going to go out to dinner. And, uh, and her mom had asked something about what's it like for you in TV. And I was like, why have you done something on TV before? And they all laughed. I'm like, 
Yeah, she's she was on a show called The Housewives. I had no idea because she just wouldn't. I, in my opinion, she wouldn't fit in. But she was the person that convinced me maybe there are nice people on. Yeah, but she got Housewives. obliterated. She and I don't want to certainly smack talk. I don't want to get on the bad side of any Hadid. It is not. I can't afford to. I literally no, financially. Really no, really I know. <laughs> I financially can't afford to. But I will say that her mother. Couple things to note about Yolanda. Yolanda's oh, no. no, 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 no. She's actually okay. I well, first of all, she's stunning, right? So it makes yeah. sense that her daughters would look like they look. Um, her two big things were she had the biggest fridge, actually three things, a huge fridge that had its own Twitter account. I've seen that since it's insane. It it was like it's kind of like the dairy room at Costco, something you may not know. Yeah. I don't know if you're a Costco member. It's my life. I want to be buried in the produce room, like next to the sliced celery. When I got my citizenship, I wanted a job at Costco just so I could say I had an American job. No, by the way, so chic and don't put it past me because give it like a year. <laughs> you see me like rotisserie the chickens. Like I'll have a whole at thing. The Utah Costco, I'm like, wait. Michelle, <laughs> I have like a hot husband. He's the manager. I'm like, oh my god, Brad's here. Sorry, Brad hooked you it up. Back in the back. Yeah. <laughs> no, so Yolanda had this fridge. She also had. Oh, this was a whole thing. Um, like mon- uh, she said she has Lyme's disease. That was like a big thing with her Lyme's disease, yeah. and a lot of people questioned it. It was it, that was a really major storyline actually, and she eventually got off the franchise. I don't know if she left it or if. You know how it ended there. I yeah, actually yeah. don't know the difference. But um, I remember that once her and Gigi were at a birthday party. Now, you know, I'm you've met me in person. I'm tall, curvy, yeah. you yeah. know, but I'll eat a piece of cake. Like, you know, if we go for your birthday, yeah. for, I'll eat a piece of cake. Friends if you didn't, yeah. Thank you. That's kind. Uh, I remember that Gigi and her were at a birthday and... Gigi had like, uh, I'm telling you, four granules of this yellow cake and her mu- and that was it. And I thought, that's that is why I never had a modeling career. Like, and I know that you know a lot of models, but I was like the discipline to put her looks that to have that mentally locked in where you're just like, I can't even eat cake because I know that it's going to show up. I thought I, I'll never just be disciplined this. like that. Yeah, I will say this. The, the times I see uh, I hang out with Gigi is when we're getting food. Right. She can eat me out of house and home. Here's what I'll say to that. I know a lot of models myself. I actually think that they're funnier than the comedians that I know. I'll say this about models. They are, they have great senses of humor. I think because designers are funny, like the whole, it's just a very laugh out loud kind of group. But I, I see models who order a lot of food and then they don't eat it. Like there's like this thing. I'm always there. She eats it. Okay. (laughs) I believe you. Believe me, I, I honestly was shocked thinking, I don't know how she looks as she does because yeah. she eats more than I do. And believe me, with it, I can just sniff a piece of cake and it is on my body somewhere. Like it shows. I have blown rails of cake with models through the straw. And I'll tell yeah. you this in two minutes, I, I can barely fit through the door, Tan. But I don't really <laughs> want to talk about my youth. Um, I want to go back to something else you said. So, of course, I've been to England and I always go to England because I find the people there very funny. Unlike a lot of Americans, the humor is extra. There's just a cleverness there. You mentioned that brown people like East Asian people were not treated um, kindly. And I know that there are, I won't even say the words, there are words that exist in England that here have no meaning. I'm thinking of the P word. I'm sure you know what it is. That here are just like, what what does that even mean? Did you face that like growing up? Because it's so... It's such an unknown thing here in this country. Yeah. And I and I just want to also add that I grew up loving the show Goodness Gracious Me. me I, too. The the best show. 
East so Meets good. West, that movie, yeah. which was so funny. Yeah. And so to me, I always felt, oh my gosh, like, like I can't explain it. I was just like, oh, look at these hilarious people. Yeah. Would never yeah. consider there being discrimination because it doesn't exist here in that same way. So what was your yeah. experience like? And is that why you left England, do you think? Yeah, I, uh, I've been quite vocal about it, much to many people's dismay. Mm. I've made many comments saying that the reason why I decided to leave England was because I was sick of the racism. I want to make it very, very clear. I'm not saying all Brits are racist. That's as stupid as saying all Muslims are terrorists. I'm saying that I had a lot of experience with racism Almost every one of my friends in England is Caucasian and they're the most amazing people I know. I know many wonderful people. However, the vocal people who th- who hurl abuse at you, they're the ones I hear. They're the ones I see regularly on the street and they're the ones who made me want to leave England. Um, I just wasn't willing to put up with it. And it was almost every day. Even if it wasn't every day, every time I was out the house, I was ready for somebody to say something disgusting. And it was something that was ever present. I'd never known a time in my life where I wasn't verbally abused. Um, I knew it from the age of two or three that if you're out of the house, if you're in public, somebody's going to call you the P-word. That's just the way life is. Um, And so it wasn't shocking. I was just done with it. I was sick of accepting it. And it's because I came to New York when I was 17. I was here for five days and nobody called me anything racist. And I was like, oh my God, there's a place in the world where they don't know what we are and they don't know what to call us. Yeah. Even if they're thinking something disgusting, they don't know what to call us. And I do love the confusion on an American's face. Not anymore because they know, uh, arrogant to say, but most people at least know what I sound like. If they know what I look like, they know what I sound like. But back in the day, it would confuse them so much. They'd think, oh, Indian guy, he's going to speak like this. And then I speak in my strong English accent and it confuses them. And so that was always really funny to me. But nobody could ever pinpoint a place to be able to say, you're this, so this racial slur applies to you. And that was so appealing to me. Um, Racism was something that I really... I was about to say really got into. But yeah, when I was four <laughs> or five, four or five was the, the time when I was actually beaten by my race. Oh my God. As first, a little boy? Yeah, by no. people who were 18, 19. The, the oldest one was 22. Um, and uh, and that was the first time I realized, oh no, it's not just they might say words that hurt me. Like they are physically going to, to try and hurt us uh, and possibly kill us. And so that that changed it for me uh, very early on I thought this isn't my home did they ever catch those boys and did they face any penalty for it or no you know here's the nice thing about tight-knit bright brown communities we we don't call the police you know how people will say now with the Black Lives Matter movement yeah. uh, in many black communities you don't call the police like that they're, they're going to cause you more problems you handle your business like you handle your business that's exactly what it's like in England for but my community, quite honestly, you you handle your own business. And so thankfully they were dealt with. Well, that is, I like that. Ooh, dealt with. Now, I, now I'm hard. Yeah. <laughs> you, de- you dealt with them. Okay, that's exciting, Tan. <laughs> is your family still over there in London? Everybody's still over there. Oh yeah, my I'm gosh. The they must miss you. I, I would like to believe they do. I uh, I see them really regularly. I, yeah. I'm super close to my family. I don't know uh, how you're doing with Corona with your family, but even before then, we were very much like video call every couple of days. I text my sister constantly. Like she has a mm. running report of what my day is every day. Um, and so, even though I'm not there physically, it, it what, with video calls, you can have a proper relationship. You really can. I find it funny that because of Brexit, 
Americans can still go to England like selfishly. And I actually I have this fantasy that I keep bringing up on my radio show where because I can work anywhere in the world right now because we're not in the studio. I'm like, I want to get a ticket to London like tomorrow and go and live there for four months. I'm like, this is like studying abroad part two. I'm you know, I'm not getting any younger. Uh, Weirdly, I'm getting hotter. Um, you are. all the you lights are. go out, like the sun sets immediately. I'm like, wait, no, but I do feel like this is it. Like this is almost the universe telling me get there now. But yeah. then I have people DMing me going, it's a shit show. It's worse than America. We, it's not. I don't, th- I, I can't imagine that. it being worse than here. I mean, I've got two points for this. First please. of all, I love that you think the universe is speaking to you. Hearing white women speak is one of my favorite things in the world. Oh my and God. First of I, all, how dare you classify me as a white long. woman? A white woman talking <laughs> about the universe, talking and speaking to her. Like, let me like, wait let me take my medicine i grab a handful of rose quartz i have to take some medicine right now no i'm not even like that spiritually i but i do read into signs i do you know what yes i'm a white woman okay i'm jewish though so i'm still attacked worldwide but yeah go on uh, welcome to our world yes. and then uh, the second thing is my, uh, my family is all still in england and they're living their lives right now. And I'm so jealous. I So I got my citizenship earlier on this year. Yes, congratulations. And I'm, I'm a Thank you. And I'm a dual citizen, citizen. However, when you get your citizenship in America, you have to give off that citizenship document to uh, the government to create your passport. Mm. But that means that whilst you're waiting for that, you cannot leave the country because you can't get back. You have no documentation to get back. I could use my passport, my British passport, to go to England, but then I've got nothing to get back with. Oh my God. How long does it take to get your American passport? Outside of COVID, I could have done like the premium service for a week. Like, let's yeah, see. yeah. Or the longest is eight weeks maximum. Great. Totally fine. However, because of COVID, they're running it around about six months. No. And so... <gasps> oh, you can't do something. I don't know how uh, insolent a child you were, but I, this is me. If somebody says, we don't want you to do that, all I'm thinking is, I'm going to fucking do that. I'm going to show you, you bastard. Um, <laughs> yeah. I should have checked if I was allowed to swear beforehand. It's you. I'm of course, Kurt, I mean, um, it's I'm a dirtbag. I'm a human garbage yeah, hole. And yeah. you know I'm trash. So oh, yes, yes. I, uh, I, I, I wanted to, uh, all I wanted to do as soon as I found out that I can't leave for about four months is find a place to go away. I keep looking at Norway. Okay. Talk to me about everything because I've done nothing but research this. Okay, great. Hulu, there is a movie, a foreign movie. I know that um, a lot of us don't like to watch foreign movies because we have to read the subtitles. However. No, I love a movie from a foreign land. Go on. Try a movie called The Wave. It's not that it's amazing. It's just beautifully done. So it's like an apocalyptic movie. There's this small town in Norway and this avalanche uh, hits. And because of the avalanche going into the the rocks, going into the water, it then creates this massive wave, almost like a tsunami. And it destroys this town. Anyway, this is actually a real thing. It's happened twice in Norway before, but not in this town that's featured in the movie. But it did say at the start of the movie, this this town is due its date, like it's due its <gasps> ap- apocalypse. However, 
seeing the movie just made me think with my husband, we need to find a way to go here for a month. And he's like, literally this movie is about how there's a there's going to be an avalanche. <laughs> it's probably going to hit within the next 10 years. And you're thinking you want to go and spend the next four months. But you there. know what? That's why you're a yeah. business genius. Because let me tell you this. If you survived an avalanche, you think you're famous <laughs> now. You're coming back with lines at Target. If you manage to live through it, like it can, it can change Like your life. truly being like, did you know that Tan survived an avalanche in Norway? people would squat down and shit they'd be like what are you talking about (laughs) and it could be great i have never been to norway i went for the first time in november have you ever been no i'm dying to go (gasps) but i'm sure you've been to sweden and all the other yes i love scandinavia i love it because it's the only place on planet effing earth outside of i've never been to croatia um famously i've heard tallest men biggest dicks in croatia and by the way side note i know you're married one of the open bordered countries that Americans can still know, travel to. <laughs> I'm like, I've wait, why am I fucking around with these emotionally closed Brits? Let me go to, you know, Dubrovnik, <laughs> get the Game of Thrones house. Are you sure largest penises That's- in Europe? Not the, can't be the world. Um, I know where you're going with this. I'm going to Google it to double check because I'm nothing if not a truth teller. Croatia, you're biggest dick. It's got to be wrong. It's got to be, no- it's got to be Europe only. I- I'm going to have my producer look. Croatian big dick. It's a whole channel on Pornhub, Tan. It's it's bookmarked. <laughs> size doesn't matter, but these are the average sizes from the region. Which country has the biggest penis size? Okay, I'm so excited to tell you this. <laughs> it says from all over the world. Group one. Oh, I don't want to read the small ones because I feel like I'll get in trouble. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Group two. I got to scroll down to that group four. Okay, that's the group. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Venezuela. Venezuela has 6.7 inches. That's the top over Sudan, 6.4 average. Wow. Wait, you know what? Maybe Croatia isn't the biggest. I thought this can't be right. Tracy, will you? No one's here, by the way. Tracy, will you please look that up? (laughs) Just so the audience knows, she's pointing to the corner of her room. (laughs) As if she's got staff. <laughs> hey Trace, do you mind grabbing me that coffee? Thank you. There's literally no one else here. Wait, um, okay, wait, here at the top. This is group four. By the way, I want to see this like NCAA March Madness of these yes. groups, like small versus big. Like, who's gonna make it? Okay, I'm very proud of my peoples. You know, I'm Hungarian. Hungary is in group four. And you know how you know? Because the men are so fucking ugly in the face that you know that it's like Pete Davidson disease. You know that all the blood went to the dick. When you see their face. And my mother used to say that the Hungarian women also have very tight vaginas because everyone in Hungary has such a long face that when they were delivered, they got squeezed out. Okay. Just just saying about my people. Um, I know you didn't come on to talk about this. Lebanon, Panama, Peru, Puerto Rico, Sudan, Venezuela. We can all, all, all the biggest D's. Do you know that, that feels about right. That feels okay. Peru is surprising to me. A very. No, no, not for me. Really? They're little no, though, I, I, the guys. Right. It's just, I, I would be, I would have been surprised if it was Croatia. I actually feel um, extremely upset because I have been telling people for, years how i have to go because you've just been exposed as a fucking liar yeah i'd be upset too wow you know what he pulls no punches that's why he's an emmy nominee (laughs) nominee. (laughs) well anyways i would still listen how how big is croatia five five 5.8 inches i'll take it (laughs) who am i to turn my nose up you can't sleep with anyone right now it's covid in america you can still sleep with people but you're just risking your life yeah it's not worth it Mm -hmm. um 
So wait, Tanny, wait, so your husband's there with you in the house? Yes, I am quarantined. Uh, I call it quarantining, but we're not really quarantining. We're just at home. You're wearing your mask out, though. Uh, of course, of course, of okay, course. Okay, good, good, good. Quarantining at this point just seems ludicrous. I agree. To uh, to uh, ex- like to s- say it that to articulate it that way, like we're staying home to protect ourselves and others, but quarantining makes it seem like I just came from a dangerous place or I'm about to go somewhere, so I've got to protect myself and protect others before I go there. But really, I'm just staying at home to stay safe. People love saying the word quarantine, and I've noticed. They really do. I'm about to really, I'm about to like right now start a gang war, which is. A lot of comedians who I respect on Twitter like calling it Quar, like Q-U-A-R. Oh, believe me, I've noticed. And see, I feel like we're really going to bond over. I just want, I just want you to like fall in love with me, basically. <laughs> I, I am did so, already when I, I came to the show. I know we had the best time. Wait, I am someone who made a career off of abbreviating words. Like it's like sort of my thing before any other fucking person was doing this shit. Before I mean, the Vanessa started doing it, yes. I didn't say that shit. I just want the <laughs> listeners to know you're really trying to fuck me up. And it's <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying I, I was like, I was doing it in like 2006, 2007 writing. I'm yeah. sure people did it before me, but wait, core is not a good abbreviation. No, it's not. It's terrible because it's, n- there are certain words like ofs, like ofs is not going to be anything else. No other word starts with that. Really? Whereas with Quar, it just makes, it could be anything. It really could be anything. It just sounds terrible, too. It's like quarantine. I'd, I'd rather call it like teen teen. <laughs> Something I'll stupider. Teen, I'll take teen teen over Quar. Yes. And it's thank not you. an easy word to say. Core. It makes the word harder to say. The whole point is that you make the word easier and dumber. Yeah. yeah and yeah, you're yeah. actually making it sound bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <sighs> I knew we'd. That's the only question I have. Thank you for that. I'm going to throw a curveball because uh, apparently this is, interview is going to go anywhere I want it to go, which I really appreciate. I'm so nervous. What? Um, you know, there are certain words that are really hard to say with an English accent mm. that you guys have here. Quar is one of them, like quar. Quar. And then there's quar. names. Uh, my friend who I adore called her daughter Maud. In it, in American, it sounds it's really easy, mod. Like wh- however you guys say it, but in English, it's you. Ha- you sound like a pompous dick, like Maud. But it, there's no easy way of us saying it. First of all, it's not doesn't sound great in the American accent either. There was Maud was. I mean, I say this as a six foot one, big boned woman. Maud was a famed B. Arthur character. The uh, name Maud to me just sounds like someone who pisses in their pants. Like it's like the name of like an old incontinent woman i'm sure she's a lovely little girl no so, sometimes i love an, an older lady name on a cool young person like do you know who uh do you know maud apatow Jen apatow's daughter is that who you're talking about because i well no was it somebody super cool and she loved that but it's just the word itself is hard to say and i really want to say can i call you something else i'm just laughing because when you said the name maud and i was about to dig my heels in and talk about how much i hate that name i was like there's literally no maud who can make or break my comedy career and then you went you know judd apatow's <laughs> daughter maud <laughs> <laughs> So the person Sorry, who makes people's comedy career, his daughter is <laughs> Hey, Tracy, can you Google other famous mods for one second? Thanks. Also, Tracy, can you find out if Costco's 
uh, hiring right now because I've got a feeling she's going to need it sooner than she thought. Listen, I can roast a chicken so quick. People would be like, who made this $4.99 chicken? I'd go, I'd walk out of the back like, you know, Mario Batali pre, um, uh, pre-sexual harassment. Um, that was a great reference. I'm glad I brought that up. So wait, should we go to England? When can you actually go to, to London? I can't travel. Oh my God. I honestly did think the last... Uh, this has been like five months, right? Ish, yeah. let's say ish. Um, I didn't want to fly. Truly, you have no interest in flying. I'm still a little bit nervous. But if it meant that I could go to Europe, just I don't mean to travel around, just go to one place, like yes. rent a house and just be somewhere else for the next few months. And I know this is such a fucking privileged thing to say. People hate us. But it's the life I live. It's not my fault. It's just, these are my circumstances. It's all relative. Anyway, so if I... If I had a chance to go back home to England, I really would. I would happily spend the rest of uh, quarantine there or whatever we're calling it there, COVID there. Yeah, Just yeah. because I think I'm going a little stir crazy. As much as I love Utah, I love Utah. I've been, uh, we, we've really been strict about social distancing. We don't really see anyone. We don't, truly do not go anywhere. Hmm. We tried going out for brunch a few weeks ago out, outdoors. But other than that, we've we've stayed in the house. We'll go to the grocery store once a week. And after all this time, I think I'm going a little stir crazy. Yeah. And so um, I would love a little trip away. Why don't you and I and your husband share a house in Maine? If you can only stay within the 50 states, and let's... No- well, should we do it in LA instead? Because my renovation's almost done. So let's well, if do- you invite me, I will literally risk my life and come there. Obviously, you don't know. I'm in New York. Oh, you're in New York. Okay. Yeah, I am. Everyone, uh, New York has turned somehow in the past two months. New York has turned into every like scare story from the 1980s. Like there have been crazy muggings, robberies at gunpoint. Uh, the it's. I still feel okay. Like, I think a, a, it's being a little bit blown out of proportion. I have noticed that it doesn't feel as safe. Idea. Like, whereabouts are you? I'm in- on the Upper West Side, Upper okay. West, which. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about that is that I went to Brooklyn yesterday and I constantly walk around the Upper West like, wow, I'm fucking beautiful. Like, I walk around, I'm going, oh, I am oh, yeah. stunning. Oh, yeah. I am, I am a 10. Oh, and I, I, went, I feel more attractive in the Upper West Side. Should oh, well, sure. n- to anybody with eyes, yes. I went to Brooklyn yesterday and I looked like um, the ghost in the movie ghost who lived on the subway. Like, do you know that old guy? I think his name was Vincent something. I immediately turned 75 years old. I was, I was haggard looking. Everybody was so hot. I'm going, how do I even have the nerve to ever feel good about myself? I don't go to Brooklyn. Maybe that's where I need to just go people watching. I I love a hot person. Everybody was hot there. They were, and I was just, I was furious about it. I sat out for brunch yesterday and I said, this is wrong. Like they shouldn't all, you know, and everybody was in their twenties and I'm having a moment now where it's like my last year of my thirties. And I'm like, okay, I still think I look obviously incredibly young. Yeah, You really do. (laughs) Like, I'm not just saying it. You really do look fantastic. And I'm not just going to say for 39. Like you do. Your skin's gorgeous. The hair is too full. Um, But take it back. I know you think the universe is talking to you. I always believe the evil eye is watching. Yes. Do not, do not say too full. It's perfect. You know what I will say? Poi, poi, poi. Spit three times. That's what my mother does. You got to spit three times. We do just do. Yeah. Same thing. Two, yeah, two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wait. <laughs> um, I'm having so much fun with Tan France. We actually have to bring you part two of this interview come Thursday. So if you want to hear the rest of what really I think is an informative, 
hilarious time with Tan France. Just come back here Thursday and we'll have part two up. Bye. Hey, welcome back, guys. It's Michelle Collins. This is Midnight Snack. And we're going to bring you part two of my absolutely hilarious interview with Queer Eyes Tan France right now. Oh, I just feel like I want to. I wish that we weren't living in this scenario because I feel like you would have been in New York and then we could go drink together. And that would be when we really bond. Well, you do. Okay. I know you've got your own questions. Who knows? Maybe you don't. Maybe you I literally have nothing. Take it away. Uh, can we just tell the audience how we met? So yes. uh, I, we don't know each other very well. However, I believe we fell in love very quickly. Yeah. So I had never been invited onto your show, which felt like a dick move um, yeah. for any of the press we've ever been on. And I don't, still don't understand why you never explained it. Are you really being serious? No, I never had you on because you never, never. were pitched to me as a guest. We we get pitched guests at Sirius and I say yes or no. Then they take, actually, I'm going to really shock you and turn the tables around to your people because they say, oh, do you want the Queer Eye Boys? I go, of course, because I actually know Jonathan from back in the day. And I I I did have Anthony on and then re- only very recently Bobby. But I said, yeah, of course. And so then they take my yes to your publicists who then said no. So, you, yeah, he's he's eating a big pile of shit it's right a, now. It's a, net- it's a Netflix, Netflix thing. thing. It's a Netflix publicist. It's not my own publicist. Okay, so. <laughs> Go on. Uh, we we uh, we were on uh, press tour for Nets in Fashion yeah. uh, with Alexa Chung, and you know Alexa somehow, um, and uh, that was the first time we met. And within a heartbeat, it was very clear that you were the one we should have been coming to see at Sirius. Thank you for saying that because I agree with what you're saying. Not putting any of my fellow amazing no, Sirius hosts down, yeah. but I I feel like at that whole network like whenever someone is funny I'm always like please put funny people on my show because some most people don't really know who I am but then they walk out and they're like and not to be cocky or anything like that but it's the one thing I'm really confident in is just meeting people making them feel comfortable yeah and uh and people always walk out going wow she was great like she's so fun and I'm going thank you but it's a matter of just having people trust that they're going to have a good time but people walk out going who the fuck are you and i'm going exactly that's what i always say we are we both interview for a living like yeah. what i do really is interviewing it's just a very long form version of an interview over mm-hmm. five days um but <laughs> interviewing i think people think that hosting or interviewing is easy like you just ask yes. a few questions you've caught with questions beforehand it is not like what you do when i'm actually talking about you is a skill like you make people feel like you understand what they've been up to you've actually done your research and you are listening to what the fuck they're saying Mm -hmm. and first and foremost you entertain there's nothing i hate more i've done so much press over the last few years where i'm sat in an interview thinking i am so fucking bored like get me the (laughs) fuck out of here and i'm sat there smiling at my publicist i was about to say something that was going to be my tell i'm not going to tell you how i get out of an interview i you have to tell me because no one will connect it no one will connect it. How, what's your way of getting out of an interview? You have to say it. Me and my friends used to, back in the day, like 10 years ago when we were here and we used to go to uh, a party. I was in my 20s and I used to party a little more than uh, I do now. And to get out of a party, we'd say, oh my God, this is a super fun party. And that meant like, we need to get the fuck out of here. Like it's, it's time. I'm, I'm not waiting. If, if I don't care if you want one more drink, I'm out. And so I told my publicist this. And so if... I ever say to the host, oh my gosh, this is such a fun interview. They know, my publicist knows, we wrap it up. That's like, so genius. Because you know what's so great about you? What sign are you? I know you don't believe in it, I'm sure. I'm a Taurus, apparently. Uh, my favorite male sign. Okay, that's why we actually, it's the best male sign. 
Taurus, nothing beats it. I mean that. I'm a Cancer, and I'm a can- if you know any other male Tauruses, hook it up. But wait, um, you know what they know? So, yeah, if, they- I, if, you, if you hear me say, "Oh my," to the house. Oh my gosh, this is such a fun interview. And it's just that line. It's not, I don't embellish it with anything else. Right. That is, they listen out for it, and they're like, "Okay, he's so bored." That's. I so don't. They, you. They, that is so funny. You got one more question. <gasps> I'm like excited for you that you have that. It's really exciting. <laughs> and I, I, I don't believe you used it on my show. We just ran I'm out of not, time. No, no, no. Can I tell you my other one that what? I I started doing? I've only had to use it, I think, twice I've used it. And it's never aired. Um, because, so when the show came out, I'm I'm very happily married. I love my husband. So, like, truly, I love my husband so much. Yeah. It drives Jonathan crazy how much I gush about my husband. He's seen us interact a thousand times. 12 years on, like, he's still my very favorite person on the planet. Oh. Um, which I know is... No, <laughs> look at me. I'm, be- I'm like, beaming. I'm, like, leaning. I'm almost touching the camera with my nose. I'm so <laughs> excited. Yeah, go on. <laughs> anyway, I, um, I, I, uh, me, and, uh, me and Anthony in particular, we are very similar in the fact that we don't drink, we don't go to bars and clubs. Uh, we, we became really close really quickly. However, I believe gay men can be friends without wanting to fuck. Yeah. Like I really have always thought that. I've, I've sleep with very few people. I've sat with very few people, but I've had many friends along the way because that is possible. You don't have to sleep with everyone just because they also like penis. I would hope so, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I, but because Anthony and I were so close and we hold each other's hands a lot, but I also do that with Jonathan and Karamo and Bobby. But because people just assumed, well, these two seem like they might be a match. We should start suggesting that they're doing something inappropriate. And so the question started, is your husband at all concerned with how affectionate you are with Anthony? Which is basically saying, does your husband know that you're sleeping with Anthony? Is their way of, of uh, articulating sure. that? And so it happened once and I was really pissed about it, thinking, my husband's going to see this interview. His family's going to see this interview and you're insinuating that that we're doing something inappropriate. And so the next time it was asked, everyone who knows me knows I am very nice. I am very kind. Mm. But if I feel like you've overstepped, and I don't offend easily, like you really can't offend me easily. But if I feel like you're taking advantage, I'll... I always have a very harsh retort. Which, by the way, that's normal, British, and also smart. Very British. It's It's totally correct and appropriate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so this person, this lady, I can't remember what network it was. um, And it was most of my interviews used to be pre-taped because I I couldn't stop swearing. Um, And I can can stop with some, but I wasn't allowed to do live because Netflix gets charged if I say fuck or cunt on. You're joking. No, like networks get charged. If you say fuck or cunt on a, a live show, like you, it's a real issue. Oh, wow, wow. So, uh, but they're my go-tos. Anyway, I um, this woman was asking me this question and she was basically saying, are you sleeping with Anthony? And so very calmly said, oh my gosh, I'll answer. Of course I'll answer. But I didn't realize we were so close that we could talk so personally. You know, when your husband's fucking you, do you use a vibrator? Do you come naturally? And do you squirt? Uh, or is that just, or is that oh not God. something you can do? And she's like, excuse me? And I was like, wait, I thought we were besties. I thought we were sharing like sex stories and stuff. And she was like, I'm sorry, I don't know what's happening. I was like, you think it's appropriate to ask me if I'm cheating on my husband. And it's not appropriate for me to ask if you squirt when you come. Like, I don't know what the problem is. And then I was like, do you want to continue on the interview and ask me more appropriate questions? Then we can continue. If not, we'll stop. What happened? She, she was happy to stop the interview. Wow. Can I have so many questions? I did it one more time and didn't have to do it again. Apparently you, you the word got around. 
Yeah, apparently people found out that he doesn't take well to being asked if he's cheating on his husband. What if the only question on this paper was, now, does your husband have a problem that you're sleeping with Anthony? <laughs> and I'm like, and yes, I do squirt. No, wait, here's, I would be like, yeah, I use any toy in the drawer, whatever you want me to say. Um, it's really, it's inappropriate. But I wonder if that's, I wonder your take on this. Do you think that's because as a gay man, sort of sex with gay men is almost like part. I don't know. I wonder if the, if interviewers feel more comfortable asking it to you because culturally uh, gay men are just more open sexually. Maybe they talk about it more. And so they're like, Oh, this is fun. Gal pal gabbing when actually you're a human being and you have emotions and a husband. And it's actually quite um, belittling to ask that to you. Absolutely. And if, this one maybe again I'm not judging anyone's relationship but if this were like my first year in this relationship maybe I could be swayed 12 years on I think I've shown that this is my man like I'm committed to this person we've been we got married twice like I'm committed to this person maybe just give me the benefit of the doubt and also we have to start to accept that gay men can be friends that really is a thing where gay men can be friends, even if I see Anthony's beautiful. Of course, I see Anthony's beautiful. I'm not blind. Does sure. that mean he's my type? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And so, and even if he was, it's like, who cares? It's it's inappropriate. I I agree with no, you. It's good that you're doing that. My type. Karamo's my auntie's Karamo a, and I, I, I used to really piss Anthony off that I was so vocal about it and he's beautiful <laughs> I, I, of course I can see objectively he's beautiful but yeah. he's just not my type whereas Karamo the first time I saw him fuck yeah like gorgeous oh Karamo is because I've seen you guys I've spied on you in the serious lobby and Karamo's so tall <gasps> oh my oh, god yeah. Oh yeah, him. Ugh. You are you guys still in touch? Like how how is the Fab Five doing? In uh, I won't say the word, the Q word. <laughs> I Facetimed Karamo yesterday. I also spoke to Jonathan a couple of days. But every week we speak to them every week without oh, a doubt. Okay, okay. Um, but we also we were interviewing so much. So you know how the Emmys push goes. Like you do your press shit to try and get the nomination. Then once you've got the nomination, you do your press stuff to get the actual yes. award. I did not know. Actually, we, let's talk about this. How much time do we fucking have? I don't Wait, even know. Wait, I want you to know something. I We have as much time as you want. I'm sure Tracy's going to kill me, but Trace, I am having fun. Alone. Hold on one second. Hey, Trace, turn the timer <laughs> off. <laughs> Tracy's, we've been on for 40. I mean, listen, let's do like 10 more minutes. That's fine. I'm sure they're going to have me killed. I'm okay with it. Go. I might take 15, but who? No, I mean, I love this. So go. Okay. So uh, the, I think that the audience should know this, and I wish I'd added it to my book, but I didn't. I, when you see a show get an award or an actor or an actress get an award, it didn't just, people didn't just watch that. Let's say, for example, it's uh, un- Unorthodox. Oh, it's such a great show. Obsessive. How hot were the guys on Unorthodox, by the way? Um, every every orthodox when i was driving through south williamsburg yesterday i literally was like beep beep like take it off like i'm at the hot it was 95 degrees the blazers but they (laughs) (laughs) but they oh my god yankee even the dick even the dick was hot moshe whatever his name was i was like all right anyways go on i think moshe's super cute moshe's yeah i liked him Okay, go. So I, uh, that, that, let's say that, that as an example, mm-hmm. it was, isn't just a case of, 
people watch the show, they love the show so much, these voters, that they're going to nominate them. No, th there is a full campaign by the studio who gets them to do press, that gets them to do live events, that uh, encourages the, the press to talk about that, that that show might be nominated, to remind voters at every turn, hey, have you voted for that show yet? Yes. Or have you seen that show yet? You should watch that show. There is a full-on machine that goes behind it. I feel mind. like... Yes. It is work to be nominated. And a lot of times, it's about, well, you're lucky because I feel like you're working with like, you're like working with Oz, basically. Like Netflix no, is no, the mafia. No, no. You're basically part of the mafia. It's really funny. <laughs> I'm it's, not allowed to comment on that, actually, but... Um, really? I, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. No, Netflix is truly, it's astounding yeah. what yeah. they've done. It is. Uh, and I know I shouldn't, uh, probably say this but there are other networks who do wonderful shows too i just uh, i don't know if they have the budget in place to really do a big award show push the way netflix does um but i am they so definitely grateful. Don't. yeah i'm so grateful to be on a network where they really can do the award show push i do think that there i i would like to believe that there is a world that where the, the the shows that win the big awards, the top awards, it really is because people already saw the show. They were really excited and think it should yeah. win without a doubt, as opposed to having to be reminded every day, oh, I should watch that show. Oh, I should watch that show. Oh, I should watch that show. Uh, yeah. There's good shows. There's some good shows. Yeah. Netflix is funny for me because it the binging, I think, has a bad effect on my mental health. Like if I just am sitting for hours and hours watching TV, I... Oh, like, you know, that woman, I talk about her often, the woman who got stuck to her couch, the obese woman who sat so yes, long yes, yes, yes. I, every day, I, every day I lift my legs up once an hour so that it doesn't seal completely. But um, no, it's just incredible. And, and Queer Eye, I mean, listen, I'm sure I wonder if like you ever get to the point where you're almost sick of talking about it because it is so popular. You know what I mean by that, though, where it's yeah, so I, I massive do. that you're just like, can I have a day where I don't have to bring up the show, you know? Uh, so I don't do as much press as I used to. Okay. Uh, th this and I, I, yours is my only one this week. Oh, nice! You're kidding. Yeah. Oh, thank you for doing yeah, it. You're the only That's one so this fun. week. I did one last week. I'm just gonna brag. Hit me. I agreed to do one last week. I said I wanted a month off from press, um, but I did one last week because it was Hillary Clinton who asked. Like, <gasps> yeah, I'm gonna say yeah to that. I'll say yeah to that one. Wow. It was. It blew my mind. Like truly, I was shaking before the call I was so excited because I I've always been a Hillary fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you done have you done Graham Norton show in London? Uh, the the um radio show not the TV show because <gasps> they film on a Thursday. I've never uh, the last two and a half years I've never been there on a Thursday. That sentence could be the name of your next memoir. <laughs> I've never been in London on a Thursday. There's something very moving about that actually. How I uh, believe me when I say uh, this is not an exaggeration. I had 19 days off this this last year. So 2019 wow. I had 19 days off. 2018 I had 26 days off. So I only got to be in my own home for 19 days last year. But uh, that means that our schedule is so tightly packed that when we go to England to do press, I'm there for three days, maybe four. When I was there for Next in Fashion, I asked for one additional day to go and see my family. So that brought me up to four days. And then I was right back to L.A. I landed wow. and I was in an interview within two hours. Wow. Of landing from London. This is why you're a homeowner. I, I want the listener to know because I feel like you you really your work ethic is so it's honestly astounding. I mean, and I meet a lot of people, but just how much, I, I think because you're so funny, 
and good looking. I'll be honest with you. I think that people oftentimes take celebrities like that for granted because it's like, well, they, they ski by in their looks or his charm or whatever it is. You're working your ass off. I mean, not only making the show and now I'm kissing your ass, but I'm, it's coming from an honest place. You know that it's, um, no, we're here for like another two hours. I'm like, my battery is now (laughs) dead. Um, no, but it's true. I think a lot of people take certain celebrities work for granted and especially with what you do because you're not an actor and I say this as someone who does a a minuscule amount of giving herself to what you are expected right but even for me sometimes I'm like sometimes I'm giving so much of myself just like talking on the radio show the podcast whatever just even in person doing things that I'm like I need to save a little something for me because it it becomes you feel who am I? It's almost like yeah. you feel like worn out. You're like, I just want to lock myself. That's why, honestly, Corona, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but yeah. I've not had my panic yet. I haven't had like my full meltdown because I'm yeah. sort of like, it's okay. Like we're, we're making it work. Uh, honestly, I, I, I've, I've had some shit thrown at me over the last couple of years. Like he's just the French tuck guy. And don't get me wrong. Even I find the French tuck ludicrous. Like it's so funny that it took on a life of its own. But yeah. <laughs> I'm not angry at it because even if somebody doesn't know my name, they know me as the French tuck guy. I will take that. But really, I want to say to those people who make fun, I just want to say, you think that I just turned upon se- oh, somebody just plucked me out of obscurity. Actually, this kind of is how it happened. But <laughs> well, we'll edit that out. We'll edit that. Tracy, edit that out. I'm <laughs> from obscurity and then I was just successful one day no that's not how it happened I slogged for years I created businesses I worked every hour that God sent and that meant that I could be the French talk guy like the, yeah. that the French talk you being known for something in my opinion is priceless really is like you can't put a value on that it is it is priceless but you don't get to that point by just doing a day's work every six months no you get it by asking a woman if she uses a vibrator. That that shit is so funny to me, by the way. And I'm dying to know who it is. And obviously offline, I will ask you. Yeah. And let me also tell you, I was going to say, I was going to talk shit about hosts for one second too, which is to say that then you have the people who really did just get lucky as shit who are <laughs> like, you know, hot or thin or whatever it is. And they go, I'll be a host. And honestly, those people do well. The, the people who have committed to being hosts. Yeah they kind of get far, even when they're not good at what they do, if they have the look. I do want to also tell you that that is part of my story where I was just found. I, uh, so I don't know if I mentioned to you when I saw you IRL, but I, I had my businesses. I was done with my businesses. I, um, you know, I, 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 do you know who Boz is? She's the, she's the new um, chief marketing director for, chief marketing officer for uh, Netflix, but she was a thing before and she's like a spokes, but she's like a, like a motivational speaker. What's her name? Boz? Boz, B-O-Z, B-O-Z. B-O-Z, um, love that. Okay. Boz St. John is her name. Anyway, she's on Instagram. She's really impressive. This super powerful black lady. Anyway, she uh, said, like, why, we've got to stop apologizing for our success. If you've done something well, mm-hmm. you've done something well because you've worked hard for it. So I'm just going to say it. Like, I worked my fucking ass off between the age of 15 and 32 and I created very successful businesses and I sold them. And then I was going to chill for the rest of my life and just take jobs if I wanted them. And then Netflix found out and offered me an audition for this show. And so I mm-hmm. kind of was plucked out of nowhere. And I know I'm very lucky, but it wouldn't have happened if... I was just hanging out doing nothing. Well, also, they plucked you because you are 
you're great. I mean, you really just naturally are good at it. So it's like, Thanks. It, it happened for a reason. And I got to tell you something too, is that really with all the queer guys that I've met, I think Karamo is the only one I've never interviewed. Jonathan, I I knew Jonathan before queer. I like back in our LA days, you know, um, but you're all very charming. Like every single one of you really has is either funny or just warm. You know, this isn't an accident that you guys have seen the success that you have. And obviously the chemistry between you also goes so far, but it, you know, it's not by accident. It's not, listen, look at the queer eye guys from the first uh, round of Mm. when they did the show initially, like Carson is probably one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Like he's funny, brilliant. One of the funniest people in America, I think, but, um, Yeah, you know, it's it's all for, for a reason. And wait, and next in fashion, you're coming back for another season. No, we're not! God. Goodbye! No, wait, I, I, I thought you got picked up. Stuff. Let's talk about it. I've not talked about it publicly before. Wait so a second, Tanny. You know that I'm not an asshole. I put my leg up to talk no. to you about this. I swear on my life, I thought it was coming back. And that's why I was like, maybe, oh my God, I'm not a no. fucking piece of shit. I promise you. I like that you thought it was. I, that gives me hope oh, because no. we loved the show. So Alexa, so first things first, you know Alexa. I love, love Alexa yeah. so much. Like truly, I, I, it's almost uh, that I, I could be sectioned for it. Like you should send me to hospital for how much I love this <laughs> this girl. Um, anyway, I got to work with her for five and a half weeks. And every day I just thought, I can't believe I get to call her my friend now. I, I've loved her since I was when she first came on TV, I was blown away. I thought she, I think she's one of the best hosts truly ever on TV. She's hilariously funny. She's, she, I know from her T4 days. Yeah. uh, And then Alexa and I, for those, because I know you know this, but we met on her MTV show here in America. And we just clicked immediately. And really all of the friends that I've met through her, like these hilarious British people, I would actually include you in that group um, because we sort of met through Alexa. And the funniest people in the world. I mean, just so clever and quick. Yeah. So, and you guys had such a good thing going. I loved the show. I'm, I'm actually very upset that it's, I, I'm really upset. I'm shocked. Thanks. Me too. So I was upset. Yeah. About it. I get why. And the honest thing is, it's an incredibly expensive show. Like if you saw uh, the show, you, you saw the production. It's such a big show. And it's, it's just not sustainable. <gasps> and, uh, and I know that my focus has to always be Queer Eye and I love Queer Eye so much. And this really does, Nets in Fashion did take a lot away from what I was able to do. Right. Uh, Queer Eye, because Queer Eye takes up a whole year. It's a very, really, it's a big show. We, it takes months to film. We do so much press. And so to film a show where you also have to do other global press, it really does eat into what you can do for Queer Eye. But the show did super well, especially, so it wasn't, I, I don't think that, in, I don't feel it as strongly in America, but when I'm outside of America, that's what people know me for. They don't know me as well for Queer Eye as they do Next in Fashion. Wow. That makes me so happy, especially in the UK. I went back shortly after um, Next in Fashion hit. The amount I, I've been to England a few times since Queer Eye, and every now and then people will say, oh, hi, you're the Queer Eye guys. Hi. Uh, it was constant for Next in Fashion. And the, they didn't know what other show I was on which made really made me laugh because most people in America have no idea that I'm on Nets in Fashion but they know me only from Queer Eye I feel like it's how Celine Dion Celine Dion has hits in like Japan that we've never heard yeah, Britney does too in, in England That's right. she has a couple of songs in England that were massive in the UK that were never a thing in America which blows my mind give me an example because you know I'm a Britney girl from the old country God I so wish I could remember this song 
I can't remember the song. There's oh. this one song in particular. I played for, I mean, the gays know Britney. Yeah, yeah. Every gay I know, they've never heard it, whereas it was on an every gay club in England for like two years solid. You have to tell me what it is, if not now, eventually, I because I consider it. myself truly like a real Brit head. Like I love, yeah. Um, I just love her. I love that she's like a robot. I, I hope she's not. <laughs> she is like a true Rosie from the Jetsons. I Gosh, let's talk, Brittany. We, I told you we weren't going to be able to do it in ten minutes. I know she's going to kill me. I'm happy with that. I listen, Tracy. You're, let you're s- live her life. What are you doing, like, Tracy? If you wait for lunch, grab you <laughs> your lunch. Just chill. Like we'll be fine. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah. we. Uh, I was. Been, I've been seeing her on Instagram a lot, and I just want to give her a hug. Like I, I do adore I Brittany. The hair and the eye makeup, and just. The, it's the um the I'm just gonna call it peasant tops like the old yes. worldy peasant tops the ruffled yeah 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 yes. but it's the oh. same one every time and I just want to say Brit like I know you've got money this well I'm sure she has some money I just think can you just hire like one size for a week who can just get your wardrobe and you're good for like two years I love Brit I just I really want her to be her best self and if this makes her happy Jeez. so be it but I'm sure that she must see that that's not her vibe anymore like that was so 1998 she i don't think it's really really sad like the whole free britney thing i have some issue with because i feel like do people really know what's going on like do they know for sure that she has no free will i mean it's a a conspiracy that grew there may be some truth to it no question but also the whole thing makes me feel uncomfortable but you know just even her voice has changed. Like she just seemed like she's been through some real trauma. And I'm like, I just want her to be like happy. And she's so pretty. Like she could still, she's gorgeous. Like she could still get that. Maybe that, Oh my God. Should she become like the, like there should be a queer eye season about saving Brittany. By the way, if you did that, if you guys did that, Oh my God. You can tell she's kind to like, there's so much loveliness about her. Sweetheart. I, just, I really do feel for her. She burned her gym down. Um, I you know, and her voice. She's always like, "Hey, everybody!" It's I can't even do it. It's so broken. I, I, I wish I was a broken bird. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I feel. I'll be honest. Sometimes, like as a strong pelican, like if I had to compare myself to a bird, uh-huh. really, I would be probably. Let's be real, like a cassowary or like an ostrich or something, because I'm just like a big assed, long legged <laughs> thing. But like, I wish that I was like. Sometimes I do wish that someone would just put me in a shoebox and rescue me. You know, like I want to be. <laughs> I want to be like tended to and like there are some people who are just like that and I'm not and it's sad. You know, I uh, I, I, I really do feel for the people who got famous really young. That is yes. one thing I'm so grateful for. If I were to refer to your universe again, I would really thank the universe for allowing me to be famous when I'm in my 30s as opposed to in my teens because you're, you're a lot more resolute about who you are your, your, your personality developed you're kind of um, set in your ways you're a little shit and you're stubborn like you know what you like and you know what you don't like and you know what you're willing to put up with and what you're definitely going to say no to and I'm, I'm so grateful for that I think if I were to have uh, gotten this kind of garnered this kind of success when I was in between like 18 and 22 23 sure. I would have been a shit show shit show. I agree with you that it really does taint. I know some child actors, actually a dear friend of mine was a famous teen actress, let's call it. And I think she remained level headed only because she was protected by a good family. Like she had people around her. I have a good family. Yeah. You know, they were very, uh, 
I don't know. They just weren't in the Hollywood world. And yeah. so that's what it was. It wasn't like um, Toddlers and Tierras, you know, with those yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. scenes. Oh, my God. Tanny, yeah. have you seen a show on Netflix? See? Synergy called <laughs> Baby Ballroom. <gasps> um, Run, Do Not Walk. It's from England. I think it's from 2016. About It's set, uh, as I mentioned, in England. I'll say it 10 more times. Uh, about people who... Um, Oh, Tracy's, Tracy's just texted me that we're at an hour. <laughs> no, but listen, we'll, we'll wrap in a minute, but cut to sun's goes, sun goes down. I have a long beard. Dan's dead. Your page, Tracy. We love Who Tracy. <laughs> Tracy was a child actress. She's like, Hey, you're going to have to rap. Cause I'm feeling <laughs> triggered. She's, you would love her by the way, but they, um, it's about these parents in England who have these kids who go take ballroom dancing classes. And 10, I'll tell you this much. I, at 39, you know, it's that question, do I want children? I'm like, do I want kids? Do I want kids? And I've never wanted kids. I've always like, honestly found children annoying. I just, I hear a baby cry. I panic. I just don't like the vibe of a kid. Yeah. And I don't know what's happened to me, but in Brooklyn on Sunday, as an example, there were so many cute kids, like truly sweet, well-behaved children. And I thought now if that was my kid, like if that kid was my kid, I would absolutely just love it to death. But these children are so lovely and they, they take ballroom dancing classes and they're, and the boys are very like, you're going to love the little boys on it. Cause most of them are extremely confident and they have their little tuxedos and flamboyant. Oh. They're so cute. <laughs> All right. uh, you're you're going to shit. It's like the best show. I really want to have a, ch- I want to go to England for a handful of reasons to, I would literally move there tomorrow. Um, much like the upper West side. I'd like to feel hot there. Cause I feel like, yes. My yeah. stock goes up there. Absolutely. Like, I, again, I will say this. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. It's just a fact. Okay. I'm a sighted person. You are very attractive. But in England, you would be so much more attractive no, in England. I know because when I get off the plane there, it's like red carpet no, is rolled. dicks away. Literally, like on American Gladiators, I have that yeah. big Q-tip and it's just big dicks. Yeah, where does England yeah, yeah. fall on that? Let me see where England falls on that list. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pulling it up. not so high. It's definitely not the, the group four. They're group two. That oh no, 5.5 inches. But bigger than America's 5.1 inches does not. So all the Mountain Dew we drink, it doesn't help. Wow. That's real. Wow, 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 wow. Mountain Dew stunts dick growth. What? You know what you've just done is you you've done stand up comedy before, right? Yeah, of course, that's mine. What I do. So, okay, t- sorry, I did not know that that was your main. <laughs> and job. your I- show's coming back for a new season, though. We know no- we know nothing about each other. Okay, go on. <laughs> I thought your main job was hosting. You do stand up on the side. You actually don't even know how funny I am. You have to come see me live at some point because this is bullshit. Like on stage, it's a whole other person. If go you on. Don't invite me to a show. I'll be so fucking offended. I'm gonna make you sing with me at a show. Okay, how do you feel great. about it? Okay, <laughs> go continue. Wait, I can't remember what I was gonna say. I'm ruined. Oh, no, I don't. I lost it. I lost it. Never mind. It's because I panicked because I mentioned. <laughs> I know, I know. And I realized I offended you. Um, no, no, I'm not offended. And I know that we've got like no time left, but I will, yeah, yeah. I have to mention really quickly. Please, I like do love you and uh, and Adam Rapunzel. <gasps> I love. You know, Adam. he's he's the love of my life. I no, he's adore. I, honestly, fine. Honestly, wait. wait let's share him. He he's is. He's genuinely not only one of the funniest people and most beautiful people, but so funny, sweet, like so good hearted. A really good boy. I want, uh, I first saw him, uh, I'm just going to call it the ice capades, even though it's not, it's like kind of like that. The Olympics? No, 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 no. <laughs> it was after the Olympics. Okay. 
you went on a tour mm-hmm. uh, at like a, a, across America with a lot of the Olympians uh, that he was at the Olympics with, and they did a yeah. tour, but I don't remember what it was called. Oh, um, Stars, Stars on Ice. Stars on Ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the first time I had seen him, and I asked afterwards to the security, can I come backstage and just meet them? And thankfully, <gasps> The, the, one of them knew who, us, who, we were, who I was from Queer Eye. They're like, oh yeah, sure. We'll let them know you're here. Great. Um, and the amount of times I've used that is so lame, but it works. Oh my God, use it, please. That's my... Yeah. And so, Don't apologize to me. I'm a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I met him and he was really quiet. I was like, oh no, he's not, he's a bitch. But then I said, are you doing okay? He was like, yeah, I'm really nervous. I really, I love Queer Eye and I didn't expect <gasps> you to be here. And I was like, oh good, I thought you were just not very friendly he was like no I'm really shaking like can you not feel I'm a little bit nervous and oh my I went god to see the show two more times because I was obsessed with watching him on the ice he's just so beautiful on the ice and he was just so much do you want to know he's with us because you see these flowers that I keep referring to as Tracy right yeah. there he sent those to me for my birthday that's sweet that Tracy put them in that vase Tracy you did such a good job I can see her just finishing off the coffee for you she's grabbing my latte um, here's what I'll say about you Tan France first of all we have a lot of Emmy voters who listen to the show I don't know if you knew that or not um they are major major fans no but i i'm gonna be the only reason i'm gonna watch the emmys is to root for you i have like three other friends who are nominated that i'll root for as well but really i'm so excited and i you better get it like especially after i just this is the first time we've been nominated for hosts so uh, the others i'll be so grateful for the others um, some of the others we've won before which is the best unscripted um, do you have an emmy in your home for the show already no when they, they go to netflix which is why we really want this one because this you one need we it. take home now not to brag but i once was nominated for tracy make sure you're getting this a daytime emmy award um when i was on the view and for the eight seconds i was on the view i managed to sneak into that nomination and we did not win and i'm bitter about it but anyway he has a book out one against you it had to be, I don't, honestly. It was either the girls from The Real or The Talk. Because that's, that's the kind of shit I remember. I'm Do so you? Oh, that's the kind of shit I remember, yeah, yeah. No, I remember my enemies, but oh. uh, I don't. <laughs> anyway, he has a, well, first of all, you know, everyone already follows you, but if you don't already follow him, obviously on Instagram and on Twitter, look at his stunning face, at Tan France. And also your book, How how is the book, process for it. it's called naturally tan a memoir don't you think you're too young for a memoir when are we going to realize that the word memoir should be used as a deathbed book we never called it a memoir i don't think it says memoir on tracy's notes. tracy is has um <laughs> done you real dirty today no tracy i'm we love tracy, tracy so much so okay, joking. I'm sure no i know i'm she's the best um, yeah uh, it wasn't necessarily that i wanted to say uh, this is what has happened in, in my life to this point it was basically an opportunity to call out the racist really yes. it was like that i was using it as an opportunity to say hey brown people exist too and we're just as important so that when they said you can t- you can write about whatever you want that was the main thing i was like up until that point i said no interest in a book i'd been asked a few times before do you want to write a memoir no thanks do you want to write a memoir absolutely not and then this one company, St. Martin's, who I adore, they mm. said, you can say whatever you want. Like, you've got complete free reign. We won't give you notes other than this could be formatted differently. But sure. talk about whatever you want. And so I was like, as long as I can talk about what it feels like to be a child in a community where you are attacked every day, that's the only way I'll, do, I'll write a book. So- I love that you did that. And I'm sure there's so many kids all over the world, specifically in England, who are really living that exact... Yeah. Has it gotten better or worse? I wonder, because Brexit really... Uh, there's a hate uh, Brexit really shocked me to be honest with you. And there is just a hatred 
kind of coursing through the veins of the globe, not yeah. just here in America. Yeah. I think it's happening all over the world yeah. when it comes to just hating others. Yeah. And that goes, I'm not going to like, you know, mention each race or whatever that's being attacked, yeah. but it's quite scary. And I don't know why it's happening right now or if that just happens in waves naturally or what's I've going on. I've got a really sad story to tell you, which is the story that apparently we're going to leave off on. Um, but I, I think it's important to tell you because mm. you've asked, yeah. hey, how are things after Brexit? Obviously, I don't live there anymore, um, but my family still does. My uh, my my family's Muslim, and my sister-in-law, who I love very much, she wears something called a niqab. And for those out there who don't know, that is uh, the veil that Muslim women choose to wear over their face that just exposes their eyes. Um, she came from a very Western family, she but she chooses to wear that. My brother doesn't enforce it. Um, he she's she doesn't have to wear it, but she chose to wear it. She's chosen to wear it since she was fourteen, wow. and now she she's I think thirty one, maybe thirty two. I may be wrong. Anyway. She was forced to stop wearing it because she has kids. She has three children. The youngest is four. The eldest is eight. And she was sick of being spat at or people throwing things at her in the street with her children. She just didn't want her kids to see it anymore. And for them to constantly see their mom being attacked in the street. So she stopped wearing it two years ago. Even though that's something that she chose to do for herself to protect herself. Because she didn't want people to judge her by her looks. She's very pretty. And she doesn't want sexual attention from anybody, anybody. She doesn't want people being nicer just because she's pretty she wants to be taken only for who she is as a person and she was forced to stop because of the racism she was experiencing every day she left the house and so that's that if if you want an example of how uh, how things are for people of color across the world who are minorities that's it yeah it it, i hate to say it it actually doesn't surprise me and i say this as some you know i i i'm horrified don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong but it like just from my very limited experiences in the UK. Um, and I actually remember I had uh, not even on the same level. I'm just bringing up that even anti-Semitism, yeah. not nearly as bad, although I don't know for the Orthodox community is what they're dealing with, but just, yeah. there's also a lot of that. There's a lot yeah, of the real thing. It's a real thing for every kind of non-white minority. Christian yeah. minority. And, uh, it's really just makes me really sick to my stomach for not yeah. just UK for also here in America, our country, two countries I love. And I've always felt yeah. very connected to the question is how do we stop it? Is it that we're electing the wrong people? I don't, I keep wondering, is it that when we give a platform to someone like Trump, we're allowing racists to really act on their natural yeah. instincts. Um, and so we're kind of exposing it. But well, what I will say is the counterbalance because those people will always exist I think the counterbalance is allowing, and this isn't meant to be an arrogant comment, allowing people like me and other people in marginalized groups to have a voice, to have a platform, to see us on TV, and then you humanize us. That yeah. is that was is the reason I wanted to get on Queer Eye, because I knew it was going to be a global show. It's, a, it's on a global platform. So people can see that guy's gay, that guy's Muslim, that guy's South Asian, that guy's an immigrant. Why can't I like him? And not only that, you're actually like sort of better than everyone else. I mean, you didn't hear it from me. I'm like, you're listening to things like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you're the best. I just think <laughs> you really are. Yeah. Like, why yeah. would you see that as a threat? So we have to keep allowing people to put a face to the things that people are scared of so they can have a somewhat personal connection. The amount of times I've had people say, I thought that I hated Muslims, but you're Muslim and I like you. I'm like, then mm. maybe there are others out there that you will like to. And so, yeah, so I think there's a counterbalance to it. 
I actually think that's a beautiful way to end this. Um, really, it doesn't feel like we had an interview. I feel like we just had a like a it's FaceTime a Zoom call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just so fun. And Tan, first of all, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for doing the podcast because I, of you, course. I was so excited when they said we have Tan France. For me, this was like, this was my. I'm trying to think of an. This was like when they said Moonlight won the Oscar and then the Moonlight cast got up. Like the the level of elation I felt that night is how I felt when they said that you're coming on the show. I just adore you so much. And I am rooting for you in every facet of your life. I want everything to just always be shiny and new for you. So go buy his book, Naturally Tan, and um, obviously watch him on Queer Eye. If you haven't watched Next in Fashion, hello, what else the hell are we doing? That's watch what it. I want you guys to watch. Watch yeah. it because it's so fun. I'm going to make them give you a second season because of my mistake. I'm going to be like, look, Moonlight style. I'm like, look, I said there is one. You have to do it now. Um, and uh, and yeah, Tani, I hope I get to see you soon. Like, please, we'll get the main house together or I'll just come visit you in L.A. I'll just come to LA. Uh, just, Wait. Uh, Adam's there too. Like we'll you can split we'll split custody for that uh, those few days. Wait a minute. Actually, do you know that I always have a place in his beautiful home? So uh that's gonna happen. Okay. I'm I'm gonna make that that moment happen. Tan, <laughs> I adore you. Thank you. I adore you too. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, my love. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook. 
M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, all the things. Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I'm running myself into the ground for content and I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye, guys.